This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so why not? Sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Maria Brito, a New York-based art advisor, curator, and author. Maria, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you, Adam. It's my pleasure. You've worked with several collectors to build and expand collections. What's your best advice for new collectors who are starting off as, uh, as well as established collectors who continue to build their collections? For new collectors, I would want them to get an education and see as much as they can see and discover as much as, as they can on their own or with an advisor. I don't feel much of a fan of that premise that says buy what you love. I think it's a buy what you love but not what you're doing. I would like to add that part because if you're going to go and do the task of putting your money out in the world of art, you'll better know what you're doing. And so if you have two art pieces and one of them is from an amazing artist who is having a path or a moment, it's on a track, it's represented, it's actually capturing the moment culturally, socially, and then you have another one that costs exactly the same and has none of this attributes. So then why are you going to spend your money in that way? I, I, I like the idea of people who are proactively inserted in the conversation. So if you're going to be a young collector starting off, or it doesn't matter if you're young, but you're just starting, then you might as well get as much information as you can and go to shows and go to art fairs and process the information the best way you can because it's a lot of I, I know it can be very overwhelming, particularly in cities like New York and London that have so much to see, but it's part of the process. And if you can get an advisor early on, then do. By all means, I think you end up better off because you know, an, an advisor will always negotiate better prices, will help you out with display, will help people find a collection and start a collection that makes sense. So there are advantages to that. And, and for seasoned collectors, it depends what stage they are on in the process. Because if, if it's a collector, someone who's been collecting for many, many years, it, it might as well be about refining and editing and getting a focus that is more specific and giving a lot more value to the collection and selling works to acquire some others that make more sense or are filling gaps. And there is also, 
it depends also on the type of collector. There is also this idea of what's going to happen to the collection. And nobody likes to think that they're going to die, but you know, we, we are all going to die. So if there is an important collection, I'd like to talk to, to my collectors and to seasoned collectors overall about the idea of who is getting what. And if there is going to be a part of it that is going to be donated, if there is going to be a part of it that is going to be sold. And those are very important questions because, well, of course you know that art is such an important asset class. So those are my my very general, if you will, advices for young and for seasoned collectors. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, And speaking about art as an asset and shifting over to talking about the art market, I know the contemporary art market, it's become very big and broad now. So it's hard to generalize, you know, if I ask how is the strength of the market at the moment, but are there certain areas of the market you feel are doing particularly well right now? And then on the other hand, are there certain areas you feel aren't as strong as maybe they once were? You know, the thing with the markets is that we can always talk about the markets by looking at the data that we receive from auctions. And that is the best that we can get because galleries are not telling us what's happening. You know, we only we only hear rumors or we or we get certain information from our own collectors. And uh, the information from uh, auction houses and all that data, it's just a specific segment. And it's very important, obviously. And it comes, and as you know, the numbers are humongous. Uh, The auction houses, both Christie's and Sotheby's, did a 25% increase in their revenues last year. And, you know, the, 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 the confidence of collectors and investors, because at the end of the day, we're talking mostly about people who are investing in art and the, the confidence that they have in, in the art market is because it's an excellent uh, place to diversify where they already have in many other different segments and sectors. And also because when you get assets like Salvatore Mundi suddenly show up and then you put it in the contemporary category and spice it all up and make it super sexy, I think Da Vinci has never been as sexy as he, he was last year, right? And so you do all those things, then you create a, something that is extremely inflated and everything else might not be as inflated and you're just getting a, a, a very huge number, but it's just like 10 things that created that number. So it's kind of interesting to analyze the market from that perspective, because how many people actually can play those numbers, you know? Um, And it's, um, I'd like to think about the market, including also the art fairs and including also the gallery sales. And they are very, very strong as well. And so when you add those into the market, then it becomes, uh, we have a much clearer picture of how robust the art market is right now. And I think it'll continue to be like that for a few years, unless something catastrophic happens in the economy, which, you know, I mean, given the government we have, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. And um, 
It's an it's an important asset class, but you know, it's I, I, I like to always remind my clients that it's very easy to buy. It's very hard to sell because not everything that everybody owns will find a readily available buyer as the second you put it up for sale. And you know, there are a lot of variables present when you put things up for auction. The, the segments that are not doing well, I think, are the collectors or flippers who buy emerging artists with the intent to profit from those artists very quickly. Because I don't, first of all, I don't think that the profit is worth the career of the artist. A lot of those artists are doing amazing in um, galleries and they have wait lists and they have a bunch of people and curators and collectors behind them. But when they show up in auction houses, they don't get the same amount of excitement. And so I think that is something that has to be watched carefully because it can really hurt instead of help the career of an artist. And I, I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I'm utterly mystified by the collectors who want to flip something to make $10,000. To me, that's shocking. People who have all the means to do so many other things, and then suddenly, because of the spur of the moment, and there is a hype, and they just want to make you know that kind of marginal profit, it's, to me, incredible. But that's, that's, my, uh, that's my take on things. Yeah, I understand your perspective completely on that. And let's talk on a different uh, note about some emerging artists. You've worked on projects with a variety of different emerging artists, including Catherine Bernhardt, Trudy Benson. Tell us a little bit about some of those projects. And then who are some artists you feel have a lot of potential, but are currently maybe under the radar? Uh, Yes, well, I like the idea of working with art in many different forms and shapes and I, I don't like to be a static advisor, curator. And so a couple of years ago, three years ago, I started collaborating with Kenny Scharf and Eric Parker on doing uh, some very high-end acrylic handbags because I saw the opportunity to do something special and the market was right for that and it was fun and we could put our creativity into something that was not just buying and selling art and it that collaboration did so well that I wanted to repeat it and so I worked with Catherine and Trudy and Natalie Frank I worked with Nir Hod I worked with Assume Vivid Astrofocus so we did a lot of different uh, high-end accessories and that was super fun and but in I never it was not my intention to become a fashion designer slash art advisor slash curator uh, and if the opportunity strikes again, I'll do it again with someone that I really like and love and appreciate. That being said, I think that there are a few artists that haven't had yet their big breakthrough. I'm thinking about Matthew Palladino, for example, who I love, and uh, his work is fantastic. I also love uh, the work of Austin Eddy, who hasn't had his big breakthrough yet. Caroline Larson is another artist who I'm, I'm very much liking right now. 
and I think she's fantastic. Alex Gartner, who's in LA, is incredible. And I think he's going to have also a very big moment the next couple of years. Um, I love Monica Kim Garza, who's down in Atlanta. I, I think she will also have a very important moment and a very interesting career. Um, there are a variety of very cool artists, young, who are creating things that are unique, special, and they are very relevant because that, that to me is, is critical. There is uh, social, political, and cultural commentary in everything they do, and they do it really well, really beautifully, and they are obviously invested in translating that into beautiful aesthetics too. And Instagram seems to be a really relevant tool for your art advisory business. You have about 85,000 followers. How important has Instagram become for the contemporary art world? And what are the ways in which it's being used? And how much activity is really on there? Well, I think it's critical for a variety of reasons. Um, I have uh, gotten clients through Instagram. I have built relationships with people I had never met before in person and I connected with them through Instagram. And then we had not only a business relationship, but also a friendship. Uh, I have posted things and and images on Instagram of uh, artworks that I have encountered in galleries or in art fairs. And I have gotten texts from clients, put it on hold for me, or, you know, this is like, exactly what I wanted to see today. Could you please send me what's available? Um, and I have also, you know, on the, on the flip side of the coin, I've gotten also a lot of emerging artists and a lot of uh, galleries that are young telling me, thank you for Instagramming. We got all this new followers and people inquiring and uh, it's an ecosystem, you know, so it, it goes both ways. And I think everybody gets a benefit if they are using it constantly for connections, for sales, for marketing, brand building, you know, what's your, what's your message and what do you want to say? And at at the same time, it could be a little bit of a double edged sword because it's a picture and it's not a full representation of who I am and what I do and the things that I like. There are lots of things and 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 works that I'd love to Instagram, but they don't really necessarily translate well into a picture. So those don't make the cut to Instagram, and you know that doesn't mean that I don't love them. So you know all these things have pros and cons. I think that for me, it's it's been a very very important piece in my marketing plan, and it's also been a very, very important piece in getting my message out of things that I want to say, or particularly now, I think it's super important to engage with the world at a much deeper level than two years ago. So uh, for me, the image and the caption and the videos and, and the stories and all those things serve a very good purpose. And you've launched a new video series, hashtag MB Culture Files, that showcases how contemporary artists are shedding light on larger sociopolitical and cultural issues through their art. What inspired you to launch this, and how much of a focus do you feel this has become for contemporary artists lately? 
I thought what, what I just said to you before, it's very um, important and critical to me uh, as an advisor and as a conduit and as a curator and as someone who's always talking to artists and exchanging ideas that for our sanity and because nobody trusts anybody anymore, nobody trusts the media, nobody trusts the government and nobody, and, and there is like also this level of, wow, you know, what happened suddenly that we keep communicating the, the values of this artist that want to say something that it might not necessarily be found in the news or in, on television shows or things like that, but they want to say it and they want the world to know what they meant when they did that particular installation or performance or painting. And so shedding light on things that can range from ecology to immigration to race and relationships and the social contract of the United States, which feels has been broken for many years. And for the first time, people are actually realizing that it's something that is very, very dear to my heart. I'm an immigrant myself. Everything I have, I've built here and I got here. My children were born here and I'm not only grateful, but also extremely concerned. So, I think this artist absolutely want to put the message out. I think they were the first ones to voice loudly their disappointment, frustration, disenfranchisement, and they always do. That's that's part of the labor of and and the mission of being an artist is to say what others can't and to say it sometimes with a lot of grace and compassion and through visual, sometimes they can be funny or cartoonish, but there is depth and there is reflection and we need this more than ever for our own sanity too, to make sure that there are people who are still very aware of what's happening and they are putting it out there. So the series actually started very informally about six months ago, and we were kind of doing it with an iPhone. And now, because I saw that it had so much traction, we are doing it with like a better camera, and we have, you know, little microphones. And so it's a slightly a little bit more professional, and I think it totally it, it it does what it's meant to do. So it fulfills the the purpose of getting the message out. It's the videos are very short. There is a long form on my blog, and the long form is just five minutes at most. And there is a like version that we upload on Instagram, is hashtag MB Culture Files. It's only a minute. So it's you know it's a very it's very interesting project and I'm and I I mean my hope is to continue doing it for as long as I can. That's, it sounds really exciting uh, and our listeners should definitely check it out if they haven't already. Maria, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us about the market as well as some projects you're working on. If our listeners want to learn more about your advisory or maybe follow you on Instagram, what's the your website as well as your Instagram name? My website is mariabrito.com. 
And my Instagram is Maria Brito underscore NY. Perfect. Maria, thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Thanks to ArtCloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Did you know that ArtCloud is trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide? ArtCloud's all-in-one management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste. You could share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and you can use their app to visualize artwork in your own space. That's pretty cool. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So, are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on ArtCloud.com, but make sure you spell it right. That's A-R-T-C-L-D.com.